We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and Aboriginal Elders emerging. Welcome to the Vale Podcast. Local people, local news, local stories. And we've got our local state MP on Zoom at the moment, maintaining social distancing. Yeah, a lot of social distancing. I know. How are you, Ali? I'm good, Jade. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. How are you? I love that you go, yeah, I'm good. How are you really? How are you coping? <laughs> um not too bad. So um, it's been it's been a hectic few days. So um, my um, my husband just lost his job. So um, he he is a um, news cameraman. Well, he's a news cameraman, but he's a news photographer for the Daily. Um, so so he was going to take some annual leave, you know, through this time. Now that I'm working from home and and we can't our usual babysitting options aren't available to us. Um, but that that has. Um, fallen through because Sunraysia Daily have announced that they're going to be closing. All staff are stood down, um, effective the end of today. Um, so, of course, he, you know, leave wasn't an option. He's going to work to the, you know, to his last shift. So his last shift is today, um, along with uh, a whole lot of, um, you know, dedicated staff at the Daily, some who have been at the Daily for 40 years or more, um, and people with all sorts of expertise. You know, one of the one of the jour- young journos I know just bought a house last week. Um, there's, yeah, some really grown men in tears, you know, um, when, yeah. when the announcement was made. Um, and and we can only hope that that they can, you know, that, that um, the plan actually happens as as um, as hoped, which is that make the call early, close close now, conserve resources to improve the chances of being able to bounce back when when all of this is over. So so fingers crossed. We we don't. It's not the permanent loss of of a local icon. It's been around for a hundred plus years. You just don't expect that to happen. I don't know. Um, Swan Hill people are the same. The Guardian's been around for 130 years. Absolutely. I know. I know. Um, it, it's just, um, it, it was a real um, moment, I think, you know, in, in this crisis for, for me particularly. Like when when I, um, because of course my husband works there, so so I didn't, I, I he called me um, immediately after the meeting and it was just that that sick feeling and um, my chief of staff, like I messaged him and and his reaction to me was like you know um, um, sh uh, you know you can say she it's fine say <laughs> um, is getting real you know yeah. um, it re- it really is because it's like you know these when when you're in crisis and chaos you know you're you're you you so crave familiarity and and you know that those constants you know the, the things that are that you can rely on that you can that are, that are guaranteed to be there um and, and the daily is one of those you know we took it all for granted it was just one of the former editors from the guardian say having your kid face this on this facebook is just not the same as having your kid in the paper and we've lost that now and you're right maybe we did take it for granted no that I mean, this is one of the things, isn't it? I mean, we, it, it was a real loss to our community when um, when news um, went, you know, closed um, yeah. because that was our, our TV broadcast, which, which again, you know, it, it really meant something, you know, when, when you could see yourself on Win News. It was really helpful to me, like as a, um, you know, as a state election candidate way back when no one knew who I was. It was a, one of the things about the free media is that it's a real level playing field for, for um aspiring politicians because mm. you know you 
especially somebody like me, like I didn't have a big party behind me for, for most of my political work or, um, you know, all of those resources. So for me, being able to be on a level playing field where, um, you know, the quality of your media work or, or, or your stories or your quotes or your comments or whatever, um, that's that's what will get you on the front page, not how, how deep your pockets are. You know, um, free media is just such an important thing for democracy, you know, for the contest of ideas because everyone, um, you don't need money to, to, to be, you know, to, to get that. No. To me, that, that's the other deep problem with this, that, that it's, it's, it's just a real loss for democracy, local democracy, another layer of democracy that's, that's gone. Oh, Charlie's on. Hi, Charlie. There you go. Are you back at work today? There you go. Hello. Yeah, first day back. You look very comfortable. Yeah. Oh, I'm just relaxing at the moment. <laughs> you just look comfortable. <laughs> Ali and I have already spoken you, about Ali? it. And my question to you, Ali, was how are you? And you've gone to straight to how your husband is and blah, blah, blah. You oh, haven't oh, actually stopped being a yeah. politician. How are you oh, as a sorry. person coping? Sorry, I, I, I have a habit of that getting off track very quickly. No, no, so what I was going to say is that I'm particularly frazzled because I've been trying to work because it's been a lot of intense workload over the last few days. But with my toddler, mm. you know, and my, and my my toddler is a diva. Like he's a real, he's a drama queen. Like he's not a, you know, the cool, chilled kind of kids. You know, he's not one of those. So um, everything's a drama. Everything's an issue. You know, he um, so he can be a bit of hard work. And so so yesterday um, was the worst moment where I we had to get a press release out um, to, to well to, to the daily while we've got it, but also. To, to our other local media, um, reporting on a, a, a briefing we'd had with the minister's office that day. And, and I was there with Stephen, my chief of staff. He was on the phone. I was on the phone. We were reading. We were both reading the draft out loud, word for word. Yep, fix that, that, that grammar, fix that. And Jed was with me, like, just screaming into the phone the whole. And I, you, people say women are multitaskers. I've never been a multitasker at all like I, I I need to have brain space for one thing at a time mm. um so yeah so I've had a few very very frazzled days um and late nights too um you know and and just and and I'm having trouble switching off you know like as soon as I finished all the things I need to do for the day you know just finding myself you know putting on um you know CNN for example or or sky or and, and just wanting to learn about what's going on and then realizing it's one in the morning yeah um and not eating properly through the day you know things like that just because we're it's just such a bizarre set of circumstances that it's you, your routine is completely thrown out of whack so mm. i'm struggling but I'll, I'll i'll adjust um and and, I, and i'm just keeping in mind what i'm telling everyone to keep in mind this won't last forever Mm. This virus will go. It, it's just a matter of making sure that we um, contain it as much as we possibly can and get through it in the best shape. Yeah, that's the thing. But we can't plan either. You were talking before about the Sunny Daily and planning, you know, maybe it'll come back, maybe it won't. But the reality is none of us really know. No, no, that, that's true. Um, and and there, are, there are many unknowns. And I think that um, the, the, the best way 
to get through this is to just focus on what we do know. You know, that, that in terms of the unknowns, um, like will, will there be a vaccine soon? Um, you know, will, will there be treatment soon? Um, how, how many um, people are likely to get this? You know, how many people are likely to end up needing an ICU bed? With, with those sorts of things, if we can't directly control it, we shouldn't be dwelling too much on it. Mm. Um, we, we need to, um, part of the reason for that is because if we dwell too much on the things we can't control, the, the back part of our brain, which is where panic happens, <laughs> is going to start taking over and we don't want that. We want to be in this part of the brain, which mm. is about rational thinking. Between Can you tell that to the people at Richie's in Robinvale? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are they still panic buying that? Oh, it, I haven't been there for over a week, um, but... Yeah. I, don't think it's, I don't think it's much different in Mildura either. I don't think it's much different uh, anywhere, yeah. to be honest. Well, well, there's, well, I, I can't tell you that because I haven't actually been to the supermarket in the last few days, but my understanding is the panic has subsided a bit, even in Mildura. Um, Let me tell you a little story. And this is, I, I got a packet of um, toilet paper by accident two days ago. Um, yeah. And I think my husband was starting to get concerned because we were running low and he must have been having a word to his boss because we've still got a, at least a week's worth of almond harvest to go here. So his boss had gone in to get supplies for the farm and the workers, et cetera, et cetera, gone into Robinvale in Richie's at around mm. 10.30, which is when the truck pulls up with deliveries and also yeah. the local police, members of Robinvale police are there to supervise mm. that delivery. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, so that's that's concerning. Um, I think that um, what what people and and this is this is um, something that people need to remember. Supermarkets aren't closing. They're not closing. So, so um, you know, if you, for example, um, as as I got Ben to do yesterday, if you have um, a very um, special type of nice moisturizer that you love. <laughs> And you're, and you're getting low on said moisturiser. You you're talking about the Aldi one? <laughs> I'm not aware of that one, but maybe I should go. It's probably as expensive. Maybe I should start looking at it. Yeah, the Aldi um, one's really good. But, but I knew that the, the, the shop that I get this moisturiser from was probably going to be closed because it's not a an essential service, even though I would argue perhaps in my world. So, so he went to get that quickly right not to panic buy but just to buy me one little jar of this moisturizer mm. but if, if what you if if you're um worried about things that are provided by supermarkets don't worry you don't need to worry mm. um that that's again that's, that's this thing where you are unnecessarily letting the back part of your brain that very ancient part where your fight flight um panic response is mm. to take control of your thinking don't do it mm. um you, you you've got to think rationally like um, understand that that um, you know there are there are lots of certain things you can focus on. Um, this will be over soon. Supermarkets will not close. Other essential services will, will continue to be open. Uh, we have very smart scientists of the world over working on on this issue. We've got governments taking very proactive action to to make sure that we we stop the spread. We've got great news coming in from New York about, about their very tight measures are actually working, mm. or at least they're. The crisis isn't over, but but certainly they're they're managing to. I think it's it, um, a few last week. Okay. It was it, um, the the rates were doubling every two days. Then they were doubling every three days. Then they were doubling every nearly five days. So that's all really great trending. Mm. Um, I spoke to um, 
I spoke to, uh, well, in the minister's briefing yesterday, I asked questions about, you know, ventilators and extra ICU beds at Muldura um, and our associated hospitals, so therefore Robin Vale and Mallee Track. Um, and, and I asked them too about, um, you know, the, the capacity to invest more in, um, in air transport so that we've got more availability um, of aircraft and, um, you know, flights mm. to be able to fly people to metro centres if we haven't yet hit. Um, and, and, and they said that they are looking at all of that stuff, that they're going to give us more information, but, but also keep, keep that in mind. You know, it's my job to um to to keep everybody safe as well and i will do that to the best of my ability even if i get hammered for it even if i get criticism you know that's that's I, i'm used to that i can deal with that but the point is i want to know that i have i'm doing everything i can to keep people safe do you think then that I mean, I'm sure there's a reason. And I mean, the governments, the federal and all the states have been working really well together. I think this is a great example of how governments can and should work. Um, And I think politicians, and when you say you cop criticism, you're a politician. It's it's a national pastime in in this country. But it's been, for, for the most part, I think it's been working really well. But do you think... It's time to stop, stop pussyfooting around and just call a lockdown. And I mean, I know there's a, na- a national cabinet meeting at the moment, and there'll be an announcement this afternoon. Do you think that's what it's going to be? Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think that um, again, um, simplicity um, is is the the best um, the best formula at this point in time. You know, I mean, we, I, I've got one of my parliamentary advisor, Jimmy, who you know, mm. um, he's 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 basically full time at the moment fielding people's questions. Um, and people are genuinely confused, you know, mm. because there is a bit of a patchwork of different things. Um, mm. And and it probably would have been if, if if last you know Saturday or Sunday it had been a, an absolute you know um, you know stage three lockdown right across the country, it probably would have been quite jarring for people. Mm. Um, but at least it would have been easy to understand. Um, and and so I think you know I mean I, I don't know and I and I think. You know, this is one of the things about this being, um, you know, an un- really unprecedented thing other than the Spanish flu, which none of us were, you know, can recall mm-hmm. if we weren't alive then, that even even world leaders are flying by the seat of their pants, you know. Um, so so it, is, it, it is difficult. I really do feel for our politicians. I think that they're doing, as in our, our premiers and our prime minister, I think that um, they're, they're doing a, a, probably the best job they can in, in really tough, uncertain circumstances. Yeah. But Charlie is a member of the CCC for the base hospital and there's been, apart from this virus stuff, we've been seeing a lot about our treasured OBGYNs over the last couple of weeks. What is going on there? Like, I I have a reputation, um, I think, unfairly among some people for deliberately rocking the boat unnecessarily um, when there's, there's issues... Um, on issues relating to the hospital, um, I that that is simply not fair. Like I, I I don't deliberately go out to stir up fights with Mildura Base Hospital. There there is there is no value in that for me or anybody. In, in terms of um, my um, goal, you know, it, uh, for, for for many years, and, and certainly you know a, a big goal during my camp, you know, my election, and one of the reasons a lot of people voted for me was to have the hospital return to public management, and that's going to happen. the The intention for me and for all other players was to make sure that this transition period 
um, is as smooth as possible so that we can um, we can have the best possible smoothest handover for the sake of staff and, and patients uh, in September. That's the starting point. We only start to get into trouble when, when um, major decisions are being made by management which have a detrimental effect on this community and will have long-term consequences well beyond the time when Ramsey Healthcare leave town. So that's when I arc up, you know, and, and, and the, the obstetrician issue for a, for a minute, I want to clarify this too, um, the reason I spoke publicly about that was because the, a community Facebook page um, started up and, and a public issue was made of it. Mm. Prior to that, I'd been working on that issue quietly behind closed doors for weeks. Mm. So, so that's the first thing. I don't jump to make things a public issue because it's, it's, it's uncomfortable, you mm. know, having to cause controversy, especially amid a crisis like this. Um, it, it's much nicer in the course of my work if, if everyone likes me all the time. You know? <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be really nice? <laughs> Great, yeah. But, but, but the reality is that um, I have a job to do and my job is to keep people safe. And if, and if I'm getting reports, as I had been for the past week, from frontline staff um, and from patients about standards at the hospital that, that weren't where they should be, I'm going to have to speak up. Sometimes I've got the luxury of time and I can do all of that behind closed doors. Other times when you've got the worst global pandemic in generations, which we know spreads incredibly quickly and we know that Indigenous populations and cold populations are particularly susceptible to it, and we know that we are the most isolated um, community and hospital in the entire state, I don't have time to stuff around. Mm. So if I think I'm going to get a reaction quicker by making it a public issue, then that's what I do. Um, and so, look, the, 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 the obstetrician issue is relevant to the COVID-19 issue because um, we have two doctors here who, even if the hospital doesn't want them to perform obstetric work, which I think is a horrifying thought, but even if they didn't want to do that, these doctors could be deployed to be on hand to address the COVID epidemic or p- potential epidemic in, in our community. So... So this is the thing for me. I don't want to pick a fight with the hospital. I don't like doing it. Those trolls are pretty vicious, right? Um, yeah. it, it's not nice having to cop that for 48 hours. Um, but the point is, we, as, as a result of that public action and that publicity, we have seen changes and that's all that matters to me. So what are the changes? So we know that, um, we know that there's been um, an increase in reasons Resourcing to Robinvale District Health Service. Mm-hmm. We know that um, Wendy Hughes, the obstetrician, is allowed to stay to do private work after the um, after the conclusion of her contract, which is really good. That's important because what that may do is help keep her in town, so she doesn't pick up and relocate to to somewhere else in in the country. Not only for obstetrics work beyond Ramsey's changeover date, um, but also to help with COVID now. It also means that that Kimberly Sleeman is going to have someone else in her practice, which makes her practice more viable, which means it's more likely we're going to keep Kimberly here. So both now for COVID responses if the hospital want her services, Mm. um, but also past the transition date for Ramsey Healthcare. We've also seen, after I publicly raised the issue of no communication at all on the public on the Ramsey Healthcare um, social media, so Mujura-based hospital social media. The day after that, Ramsey Healthcare started posting. Granted, it was it was publicity for the Paul Ramsey Foundation, but at least it was something because prior mm. to that, it had only been a post in January about some general, generic updating contact details thing. 
Um, and and also we have seen um, some upgrades um, to safety um, that were announced yesterday, the day after I essentially blew the whistle. So they will, of course, say that all of those things are coincidences. Mm. I would suggest the timeline suggests something different and that that, that people power does count for something. And having public conversations and bringing things to the public's attention does have an impact. Um, And that's my job. I mean, I know that my federal counterpart, Anne Webster, you're talking to her soon, had a very different view. You know, she was saying that I was political point scoring and that, that yes, Ramsey Healthcare hadn't been um, communicating much with the public, but they are quiet achievers. Um, and that they have told the public what the public needed to know when it needed to know it. Well, I, 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 I love Anne. I know Anne. I've been friends with Anne for a long time. She's a smart woman. She's a big fact. Um, I stand by my decisions. I stand by my um, judgment calls um, because, as I said before, my priority here is to, um, to hope for the best but prepare for the worst because if, if, if something happens, say COVID-19, um, there was an outbreak in Robinvale potentially with the overcrowded housing, potentially with, um, you know, the, the number of vulnerable people, potentially with people who are undocumented and maybe reluctant to go and seek me- medical attention, particularly with the Aboriginal community where there's a high level of chronic disease. I tell you what, if it was going to happen that, that there was going to be an outbreak in Robinvale and a lot of people were, were hurt by that, I would not be able to sleep at night if I knew there was something I could have done but didn't do it. On the Robinvale thing, and Charlie, this is also a call for you. Well, it's a question for both of you. Given all of those things that you've just mentioned about Robinvale and the overcrowding and the undocumented workers, et cetera, et cetera, do you think it's probably here already? Who wants to answer that first? Charlie, I'll let you answer that. Uh, Probably more than likely. I wouldn't say it's just because of the undocumented workers because you've got to think a lot of people travel too. So I can't see how it wouldn't be. Like I reckon there's a lot more cases in Mildura that haven't been identified yet. Yeah, I think so too. I just, I think it's uh, hearing some of the stories that I've heard over the last week about people still going to Melbourne, still getting together with extended families and big groups, um, but also that hesitation to seek medical treatment if there's cold and flu symptoms or if something's wrong and that, yeah, okay, everyone's wearing a mask in Robinvale at the moment, but they're still um, not washing hands, spitting on the ground. And that's just one of my all time massive bugbears when I see people do that on the street, you know, it's these kind of things, wear a mask, but also do everything else that needs to, so I just don't see how. Stay at home at the end of the day. Like that's the the easiest way to stop it. yeah. People are people staying home, or what? What does it look like? You know, out on the, the blocks in the smoko rooms, in the packing sheds, in the. I mean, what what what's it what's it looking like? Uh, the like the grape farmers are still harvesting, so that means their workforce is still driving to work and still going yeah. around and. But uh, that's still an essential service, isn't it? Uh, horticulture. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Look, I'm not. I'm not saying that they they sh- they shouldn't be doing that. I, I'm just I'm just thinking in terms of like just you know like um epidemiology really. Like mm. if people are still you yeah. know in, in close contact with each other and um yeah, not, 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 I'm not making a comment on the necessity of of getting the grapes off or you yeah. know the almonds off or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think there's there's changes that have been. There's changes that have been made, though, like there's a one person to a mule or a vehicle at any one time. Yeah. There's only a certain yeah, amount good. of people. I know that that's how it's working on the farm that we're at. Um, 
Yeah. So I could quite easily, if I wanted to, I could switch off the TV, switch off socials, and you would never know that there was anything wrong out here except for instead of everyone coming in on the sweepers or the pickups for lunch, there's one machine Mm. parked at the smoko room at a time. So I think yeah. those sorts of changes have, have taken place on the farms and stuff, but um, I, I can only yeah. speak for what's going on out here. I know yeah, uh, yeah. I've, been, I've been talking to my brother uh, a fair bit. He's, on, he's a grape grower and uh, he's been saying like even, like they do social distancing just by, because when they're picking, they're, not, they're on different rows anyway. Mm. But, uh, and in the morning is the only time and they have been limiting the amount of people in the shed that come yeah, in yeah, and, and yeah. Do, do that packaging in the morning. So. Yeah, but that's that's great. And I mean, look, the, the key thing is too, because there's been sort of conflicting um, uh, information. But but at one point, you know, there was there was discussion, or there seemed to be a real emphasis on the on the ability for this to spread when it's asymptomatic. Mm. Um, you know, okay. so 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 that idea that you know there are a whole lot of people that came off a cruise ship who were asymptomatic, who then just sort of went back into the population, and and um, and and also the idea that um, you know. Even if you do show symptoms, um, you, you can be contagious for up to five days before you show those symptoms, and that's a key. Di- that was a key difference between coronavirus and the flu. That with influenza, you tend to be contagious a few days after symptoms, so you've got more of an ability to know when you've got to stay away from people. Yeah, the most recent case in Mildura, um, when you're talking about cruise ships, is off one of those cruise ships. Uh, yeah, the one that got they got let out, and the Ruby hardly ever anyone got tested or anything like that. Yeah. Okay, so hang on. So, so um, how are you talking about the the, the one the one because at the moment, as far as I know, in terms of actual reported confirmed, there's one. Is that the one that you're referring uh, no, to, or two. are you saying there's been another one? No, no, Sorry? there's been two. The latest, the latest one. There's been two cases now in Mildura. This is the latest one. Okay, so you reckon it was it was someone from a cruise ship? Yeah. Oh, just getting back on the base. Um, they are doing a terrific job. Like uh, I know. You know, we bag Ramsey and stuff like that. But uh, the base is doing a really uh, good job. Like when I was down there before, um, they were preparing a heap of, of the swabs. So um, so for testing. And that's going to go through to their, their clinic. So you, you know how they're opening up the clinic at the Monash? Oh, yeah. Oh, you heard of that? Oh, at Sunraysia Community Health Service. Uh, also at the Monash as well. The uh, Ramsey have set up one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm aware of that. So, um Yes, yeah, so so that's so that's really good. Just just to let you know, though, the reports that I've been receiving have been uh, the last report I received was yesterday, um, and and that's been from staff. So I think that there's there's, there's good stuff happening. And I'm taking your word for it. That's good. Um, yeah. yeah. But there's also been some some concern. So that that's why I'm being vigilant about it. But that's good that that's positive yeah. feedback. So too, that you're comfortable with it. Yeah. When I went in there. I went on there just this morning. Uh, I was quite confident that they've got everything under control. Like we had a potential COVID and because when we get sent to stuff now, anything that's respiratory and that's nearly literally probably 80% of our jobs, um, yeah. they'll tell us all oh, could be potential for COVID. So we have to suit up and do all that kind of stuff. Well, well that's, and, well, that's, uh, that's this morning, right. That's right. Yeah, this morning, uh, Madura Base was that, That's fantastic. Um, and, 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 like, that's what we, and that's what we want. So what we don't want is what happened um, very recently where, where someone called ahead and said that they um, had a suspected case and got in yeah. there and was asked to sit down in the general waiting room with no PPE. That sort of thing is not happening anymore. That's good. Mm. 
Yeah. Ellie, I've just got one more question before I have to get off this call. And, but this is a yes or no answer because this clarification, particularly for people in Robinvale, because Robinvale has the best stretch of Murray River. I know. Camping. I know what you're going to ask me. Yeah. Camping. Easter. It's, what's the answer? Yes or no? Can we do it? No. <laughs> I know. I know. Jay, I know. Jay, what you can do is you can go camping in your backyard with the kids. We'll figure something out. It's not like we're at a loss for things to do. We are so lucky, and I'll say it again, and I say this all the time, living in somewhere like Robinvale, if you're out on a block or living anywhere where you're out on a farm at a time like this is, and living in regional and rural Australia where you're not living on top of one another and social distancing is your way of life anyway, yeah, we are so lucky. So, so lucky. I know. Well, can, can you imagine if you were like um, in an apartment in, in Italy or in New York, I mean, with kids and yeah. with a couple of dogs, you mm. know, I mean, that's how they live and they're not allowed out, you mm. know, like I, I think it would be, it would just be, I, I can't imagine it either. I'm not on a farm, but I've got it, you know, we've got at least a yard and yeah, we're, we are. And the other thing is too, like in terms of being fortunate, you know, like I said at the beginning of the discussion, you know, that, that, that Ben's lost his job, but, but we are so lucky. Like I, I have got a, a reliable income, you yeah. know, um, I, and, and that's, and that's where, you know, we, Ben and I are, are very conscious of making sure that we are buying lots of coffees every day. You know, we are, we are doing whatever we can to help our small businesses. Yes. Um, I've just, I, I've just, um, Puts my it's it's a, it's a no one's going to be able to find them because you know I won't recognize the name but but my parents are finally on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I know finally, <laughs> and the re and the reason is because I've told them about the local restaurant takeaways, mm. um, and you know, like as in restaurant quality food, you know. But you can go and pick it up from a little takeaway mm-hmm. window. And they've said, okay, send us the link. I'm like, you dinosaurs, there is no link. You need to be on Facebook, you know. So, so they've well, agreed, finally. Get them on, get them on menu so, yeah. log, Ellie. So, yeah, so uh, people lucky. like me, I think it's important. Probably they'll, they'll jump on the menu log train probably in the next 10 years because it's usually a 10-year lag before like between one trend and then picking it up. <laughs> but I think that's, that's an important thing for those of us who do have steady income and reliable income. Um, you know, this is our time to step up for, you know, and, yeah. and, and that will make a difference to us. I agree. And I've been, yeah, um, I've really been spending at places like the loft and it'll probably send me broke. Cause I'll probably be out of a job too by the end of this, but I've been, you know, spending at loft going over to the Weeman store to get milk and cause they've just reopened for restricted hours. Cause it's middle of harvest and it, this is their bread and butter. Um, going to the chemist, yeah, yeah. there's a couple of the retailers in town that are still open and so long as there's no one in there, then I'll go in. And the beauty, the other silver yeah. lining of this is, is now when I need to go to the ta- go to town, for example, yesterday I had to go because I was having migraines, I needed my chiropractor to adjust me. Mm. Look, you need to come home and have the kids. I can't take the kids into town to do anything. And that, Ali, as you would know as a mother, is bliss. We love them. <laughs> But to be able to do those things without kids is bliss. I know it's it's so so true. So so look, um, you know, the, again, you know, the thing I'm emphasising to everyone is we'll get through this, and our economy will bounce back too, and and mm. and jobs will 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 come back. You know, mm. but but it's just a matter of um coming together as a community, and and really, 
like remembering what are Australian values? You know, what are the things we talk about every Australia Day? And we, you know, you know, make and sacrifice and courage and sticking together and helping helping people out in a crisis. Like that's that's what we think are defining values of Australians. Mm. So now it's time to walk the talk. Yeah. You know, do we just use those words or is that actually how we like to live? Mm. And I think the other um, important thing to remember is the time to step our- up. Our great-grandfathers, your great-grandfather, my great-grandfather, all went off and had to fight in a war. All we're asking you to do now is stay the hell home. Stay home. That's it. That's absolutely right. I mean, their, their, their sacrifice was going over to the bloody Western Front and having yep. to, to get foot rot and be shot at every yep. single day and to be mm. away from family and to be terrified as young boys. All we got to do is sit on the couch. Correct. You know, like they say, we got TV. this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And we've got Netflix. So stay home. That's right. I mean, it, it, it is hard and I don't want to, I don't want to play it down. Like I know people are in a lot of pain, you know, like you know, weddings have had to be cancelled and holidays that people have saved up for. Like I, I know because um, my brother, my brother goes to the Christie Centre. My brother Paul is autistic. Um, and I know a group of um, sort of older um, older participants in the in the Christie Centre community. They'd been saving up for a long, long time for a cruise, and the cruise was happening this year. And they mm. had to be told that that cruise wasn't going to happen. And for, for 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 these particular people, like this is something they had been so excited about for a long, long time, and um, it's quite devastating for them. Mm. But they'll to, be able to save to more money now and have a better time when they do get to go. Well, well, hopefully that's right. But, but you know, but, but we understand that people are going through a lot. But, but hey, look, you know, when we compare it to the sorts of sacrifice and crises that our grandparents and, as you said, great-grandparents went through, mm. um, it's, it just can't be compared. We, we will get through this, um, but we have to stick together because the way we behave will have a direct result on what sort of shape we come out with in the end. Mm, that's it. Awesome. Ali, thank you so much for sparing us some time today. I know you're flat out busy and um, frazzled yeah. and stressed and all the rest of it. So we thank you. We will check in with you because, as you said before, this is uh, our only real form of broadcast free media at the moment. So It's so important for Robin Vale. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so just know that, um, you know, if, if, there's, if there's any issues or concerns that you have in Robin Vale, please let me know. Um, I've... I've done some hard work this week in terms of making sure that I've responded to concerns about um, the, the, the health situation mm. um, and I will always go into that for you guys. So you just have to let me know if there's anything else you need. Great. Thanks, Ali. We will speak okay. to you again one Thank time you. soon. Take care. Stay safe. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Jade. So it occurred to me today that it's not often we get to hear from both our state and federal members speak at length about issues that they're advocating for and the issues they're working on. We used to be able to read about it, but for me and my auditory friends, it's not exactly the same. An eight-second soundbite just doesn't really cut it. So today, speaking with these women... And yes, we have two incredible women as our representatives, both state and federal. You get a sense of how different their jobs are, but how similar. How different the issues on their respective levels, but again, how similar. It's really odd. Charlie and I both got to speak with Ali and Anne at lunchtime today, being Friday, and we sincerely thank them for their time and offer an open invitation to have a chat anytime moving forward because the public needs information that's relevant to them and that's what we do here. Our chat with Dr. Anne Webster now starts off like any other phone call. I'm very good, thank you. 
keeping um, keeping well, had a period of self-isolation uh, last week, having done some standing committee work up north, uh, had a test, all negative, which is great. That is great. Now, Charlie was saying before, and I don't know whether you'll know either, there's been a second reported case of COVID-19 in Mildura. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, I've got nothing official though. Mm. So it would be unwise on my part to provide any information because I'm not the official source. So we just have to wait and see. But, you know, I mean, these are the times we're living in and people can't be complacent. Just stay home. Yeah. You don't need to be out. Stay home. So much easier. Yeah. We were also having the discussion earlier about how farming is essential and now people are finally seeing how important the agriculture industry is to not only this country but the planet because food. And it was nice to see a statement come out from David Littleproud earlier in the week about um, agriculture will keep ticking over as is as long as they're taking the proper precautions. Yes, that's exactly right. And uh, you're right, it just, you know, there, there are upsides in the darkest moments of our lives. There are always upsides. And I think that that is one of them. It just goes to um, highlight how important, how vital our agricultural industries are to every person living in Australia and beyond. So whether you're in urban Melbourne or Sydney, you know, we want our shelves stocked. But living where we live... You look around, and I thought about it the other day. If I want potatoes, my neighbours grow potatoes. If I want garlic, the next neighbours on grow garlic. If I want grapes, well, everybody in Robinvale grows grapes. You know, it's we're so lucky to live where we are, yeah. where we can get it. We don't even have to go to the supermarket if we don't want to. No. And look, I heard this morning, I was talking to a small uh, business operator who runs or was running till this week a cafe who is now obviously gone uh, to takeaway only as according to the rules and is also going online and will be delivering to people milk, sourdough, baked goods because they can. So they've got a very innovative approach and uh, we'll be providing the community with what the community needs while remaining innovative and creative themselves. So, you know, all kudos to them. Yeah, and it's good to see small businesses getting creative with when things are forced upon them. They can just switch and change and think outside of the box that they're used to thinking inside of, and that's usually their cafes and retail stores, um, and offer different services and think about how they can do things differently. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, that's not to say that the um, that the stimulus packages that we have so far to assist small business and medium-sized businesses are not necessary. They clearly are necessary. Mm. And um, I look forward to some more announcements, hopefully within the next 24 hours, about leases and mortgages and all of those things that stress uh, everyone who's lost their job this week. Um, and people who are in small business who are just trying to keep their head above water. So, you know, watch this space and uh, we need this news and it will make a difference to quite a few people, I'm really hoping. Mm, so that's the National Cabinet meeting that's happening at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. And, hey, Anne, is, yeah. is there any talk of um, anything extra for farmers or that are they just going to have to go under the small business uh, yeah, model? Uh, for, for gaining any kind of assistance from the government? 
Yeah. Well, small business is um, obviously what our farmers are. If they're under $50 million, all of the packages will be available to them as well. And there are quite a few there, like whether you're paying wages or you've got apprentices or trainees, um, whether you're wanting to small, uh, sorry, instant asset write-offs or whether you're wanting to gain another loan, um, then, you know, there are pieces of um, our small business, including our farmers. Mm. The $150,000 instant asset write-off is a big one. And that's also a big one for small businesses around here. I was talking to Ben from Pioneer Ford the other day, who is understandably under the pump and stressed, um, people cancelling orders and um, from corporate changing finance structures and all that kind of stuff. But on the back end of that, for Ben, that could work out that, you know, there could be lots of vehicle write-offs if they can get through this period of however long it will be and who knows how long it's yeah, going to be. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, well, nobody does and that's the point. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, Charles. Sorry, I think if I'm with farmers as well, it's just compiling for them, like the whole water situation, uh, the labour situation. I don't know if if a lot of them will see this through. Mm. Yeah, look, I absolutely agree with you. It is uh, gut-wrenching. I feel like I stepped into Parliament just at the right time to, you know, to stand with my... To stand with my community in some of the most challenging circumstances, good grief, who would ever have seen this year unfold the way that it has? No, you wouldn't be a farmer for all the money in China, would you, for want of a better phrase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's right, for want of a better phrase. But, um, look, the government is doing everything that it can to support the farmers in drought, of course, Um, and I do notice that there is now a survey available, and it should be up on my Facebook now, uh, asking people to comment on, give their feedback to the uh, fodder, Water for Fodder program that was um, provided in the last few months. And uh, we'd certainly welcome farmers to put their 10 bobs worth into that program because the new minister, Keith Pitt, is uh, very keen to get feedback. Great. We'll You're put that up on our that. socials too and see if we can get... Uh some farmers to fill that in. Yeah, look, we need feedback. If we, if we don't hear, then we don't know. That's right. So, yeah, yeah it's really important. I've uh, have been talking to a few farmers over the uh, past couple of days because obviously I come from Rombo and have a, a lot of connections there. Is the National Party concerned at all? Because a lot of them aren't too happy with the National Party at the moment. So is the National Party concerned that they're quite possibly going to lose a seat in this area? Oh, we're not, I'm not, I'm a sitting member and I'm not thinking about the next election. I'm thinking about how do we mitigate the issues that people are facing right now. And uh, that a lot of these issues that we are facing, whether it's drought or whether it's the Murray-Darling Basin, um, whether it's obviously the COVID-19 virus, they're all incredibly complicated. And we can see what has happened even in this last week and how quickly our market has has been collapsing around our ears um, when nobody would have foreseen that to happen. And yet you take out one card, if you like, from a pile of cards and the whole thing can fall over. Mm. So there are there are many, many layers, many uh, issues, many uh, perspectives that have been considered and I think that's what we need. We need a measured approach. I do reiterate that if I don't know what people are thinking, 
I can't pass that on. I can't fight for what I don't know about. Mm. I am grateful for the farmers who have come to me and have communicated their concerns. For example, the Indonesian trade uh, with the Red Globe at the moment. We've been working really hard. I have been lobbying very hard along with um, ATGA and listening to farmers about all of that, uh, working with the ministers, you know, that is an unbelievably complex arrangement. We've got Indonesia with its own cultural norms of how governance occurs, leave that alone. And then we have uh, ministers in a Western framework, which is democratic and operates by rule of law, trying to negotiate trade agreements and making that work. And you know, managing the multitude of issues that are going on. And it's not just simply, well, Indonesia just needs to open its import, you know, opportunities. There there are just so many issues happening with it. Mm. But, you know, farmers can rest assured that we are fighting very hard to have it happen. Yeah. That's the thing, though. You mentioned having a measured approach earlier um, and all of these complex issues that farmers talk about and they are so complex and it's my it's my thought at the moment too people are well I suppose there's two sides of the the coin here people are either really supportive of the government at the moment and I'm on that side of the fence I'm just like you wouldn't want to be the prime minister for for anything at the moment and it's just I can't imagine what he's going through but People are also saying, why doesn't he just call a lockdown? My thought is that it's so complicated. And of course, he's worried about the economy because if the economy collapses, then we all fall over. But taking all those measures, you can't just say everyone stay home and that's it because then we'll never recover. So there are measured places. He, I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, I would imagine there's a lot of consultation and negotiating with things like banks, utility companies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, these things that all have to freeze for at least a month before we can go into full lockdown so that everybody will be okay. Am I on, am I on the right track yeah. or am I delusional? Oh, look. No, no, no. I think you're right. And I think it's far more complicated even than we would uh, know, even at a federal level. For example, I have um, people that I am uh, advocating for who are stuck in Ecuador, for example, one country, but they're stuck. And uh, the issues around the commercial airlines closing, around Mm -hmm. countries in lockdown, around how do we get what are actually hundreds of thousands of Australians who are scattered throughout the earth, literally, Mm. how do we get them all home? Well, it's not a matter of just, oh, well, send a plane out and go grab them. I mean, it's incredibly complicated and um, not not aided by the commercial interests, not aided by by a commercial liner who will remain nameless uh, to get a flight from UK to Perth. Mm. I did see this morning on the news that um, the people that are stuck in Peru and Ecuador, there's been um, a development there with charter flights being organised. Is that right? Well, I saw that news clip as well. I don't uh, have any detail on it, but uh, there will be various modes. I mean, I spoke to DFAT office this morning and there are several options. We'll call them on the table at present. And my hope is that we will have some news. Um, I'm on WhatsApp with one of the guys who is stuck in Ecuador, uh, who's given me a really pretty clear picture of what's going on there. And um, yeah, it, it would be easy to say, well, Australia should be doing more. But 
you have other countries involved here. It's not just Australia. And there are so many diplomatic issues that need to be resolved as well. So everybody, I I think it's very easy to criticise and particularly when people are stressed, it's very easy and I understand people criticising the government. But all I can say is that every person that I deal with in government, whether it's ministers, whether it's policy advisors, whether it's departments, are working their butts off to make sure that we do the best in this situation that we can, including my office. Mm. Like I said, the government really needs to be highly commended at the moment. The the Commonwealth and the states, for the most part now, are working together. And Charlie That's was right. on the, um, Charlie shares the same name as the opposition leader. <laughs> but when we were podcasting the other day, I had Sky News on in the back and he said, oh, elbows on behind me. I don't think we need to be hearing from him right now. And I think he's absolutely right. Yeah, look, it's just, it's not a time for political point scoring. That is, that is my bottom line. It is not about politics. This is about doing our job to ensure that our citizens and our communities can manage through this time mm. in, in the best way that we possibly can. Um, I have people who are, uh, I guess you could call them creative, but are looking to um, be really quite opportunistic through through this time. And um, I just can't support that. This is about us working together. Um, but making sure that That's we're right. all there to come out on on the other side of that. And the conversation I was having yesterday um, with, uh, with another farmer was about the concerns for farmers' mental health, which I think is going to be something that is going to be critical during this and after this. For all of the factors that you just mentioned, you know, the water, the drought, the now this and the export situation. So Exactly. Nobody's mm. saying that this is easy, not at all. And, look, we have sole traders who are devastated, absolutely devastated. And, in fact, one of them, I'm sure she appreciated my text this morning at 7.15 uh, with information about how she could be supported in the, in the latest um, discussion regarding sole traders, that they can continue their business while being uh, enrolled, I can't think of the right word, for Centrelink to receive their 550 a week. So good. Uh, we send that text to me too. If you're earning over a thousand, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. We're planning on getting something up on Facebook because people don't understand what's actually available to them, and they've panicked and they've shut doors when there is actually support available and more support coming should it be necessary. Yeah. The ministers, look, honestly, I spent, I don't know how long yesterday talking to ministers and they are very keen to hear what is going on in our patch. They want to know and they're listening and they're taking it to Cabinet. Which so is not great. Like we're voiceless where they need the help. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Just through the Facebook page or is there another way? Well, they can do that. Yeah, yeah, they can, they can do that or they can call um, the office number is 5021-5987. So I'll say that again, 5021-5987 or email is Anne with an E, please, Anne with an E dot Webster dot MP at aph.gov.au. It's actually quite easy once you uh, look, really keen to hear from people. Yeah, well, I did have a few questions. Um, I've got a like a, a Facebook thing happening here. Well, a group chat. And yep. someone asked, uh, I'm concerned about backpackers because they get backpackers for workers. Uh, and apparently there's been a lack of them because they're not coming uh, because of the COVID thing. That 
Is that a thing or is that just someone getting a bit concerned for nothing? I think that it's, um, I've been contacted by backpacker hostels who are very concerned about backpackers who've lost their job in Melbourne or Sydney and you can still travel, of course, from Sydney, and have just come out into the country and are rocking up at hostels and saying, I want a job. Is there a job here? Uh, and the concern around biosecurity, human biosecurity. Uh, what I have said to that particular um, uh, hostelier this morning is that having spoken to the minister, two ministers, Minister uh, for Immigration and the Minister for Agriculture, is that the backpackers number 140,000 in Australia at the moment, 37,000 of which are currently in agriculture. So therefore, obviously, 103,000 have been in hospitality or health or somewhere else. Um, many of those are looking for jobs. So what we need them to do is to call rather than just rock up to a producer's farm or to a hostel or to a, a regional area because of the anxiety around COVID-19, call and uh, we want producers to advertise. That's the other component because if producers advertise I need X number of people, backpackers can contact yeah. them and they will have workers. At the moment we have 1.7 million people here on visas. Really? Uh, unable to access social security and un unable to access Medicare in Australia. So there are backpackers. We need to manage the biosecurity issues and uh, we should have a workforce. Fair enough. Um, next question I've got here is uh, yeah. about caravan parks. Uh, are the caravan parks going to be shutting down for accommodation for workers? Do you know? Because of the whole really socially uh, distancing, distancing yourself from anyone. So they'll talk of, of that as well. So. Yeah. Look, accommodation generally, Charles, is uh, a serious issue. Obviously, we've talked about the, uh, I'm going to call it stretched accommodation in Robinvale. You know what I'm talking about, um, yeah. particularly those who are working in uh, horticulture. It's a really tricky area. I haven't seen anything that says hotels, caravan, hospitality service or accommodation service has been shut down. I think we need to just watch watch those pages. It does concern me when I hear that backpackers are gathering together and having their barbecues and drinking beer and Australians have been told, don't get together with your kids and your grandkids, stay apart, rah, 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 honour the social distancing and we'll knock this will knock this virus, uh, somehow the messaging needs to get through to backpackers. That's my concern, that we need to get backpackers. We have got a lot of resources that um, through the Department of Department of Health have got all the multilingual, and SBS have actually put up a whole host of them as well, links to theirs. I've been sent those. So they will all be up on our website later today, which is important because the multilingual stuff is now more vital than it's than it's ever been. The other, the other thing that I was asked by a grower the other day, and I did email you uh, directly to ask you this, is the crossing borders for these workers that are out here on the seasonal workers program. And first of all, their, their visa might end soon um, and more people were supposed to come in. Can you just run us through how that's going to work? The Cabinet met last night and discussed this. I haven't heard the clear outcome of that. I suspect that it will be after the National Cabinet today. Mm. I suspect. I don't know. 
uh, we'll wait and see. But the issue is around extending uh, seasonal workforce program and Pacific Labor Scheme workers. So we have some, obviously, that are about to finish their visas. And there is certainly, I, I suspect, from what I understand, there is strong support to extend those particular visas. Then we've got backpackers who are in a similar position. Obviously, some are going to be ready to leave just because of timing. Um, in terms of cross-border uh, work, there it is. Obviously, the states have a lot to do with this, and Queensland are closed, Tasmania's closed, Australia's closed. But people can work. Essential um, visa holders who have got a job, and the ag industry is not a EU site. There is a clear message about what is essential services, and it has state by state breakdown of that and that will be updated so that is really the that's the clearest message is to go to australia.gov.au and get all of the latest updates on uh, restrictions and constraints yeah and they're the best websites to go to the .gov.au ones they're the reliable ones not like Nordo and Charlie were talking about the other day Karen from Facebook may not know what she's talking about so maybe don't take that (laughs) credible information you get those links I sent you, Jake. Yeah, I did, and I'll put them up on the website today because there's a lot of those um, that I've been sent, you know, multiple times from multiple people. I'm just going to compile them all into one spot so that yes. people have access to them, and I'll let Marion know because, as far as I know, after the the um, Daily and the Guardian and Elliot newspaper group ha- are shutting up shop today. As far as we know, Marion is into an alternative, um, an alternative way to print the paper. So, with any luck, the Sentinel will be able to keep going. So, I'll pass all that information on to her. Oh, you've got a job. Good luck putting the hazmat suit on. You gotta go. Mm. Yeah. See ya. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for sparing us some time today. It's really important that we keep updated because. Yeah. So thanks no. Very look, much, absolute Anne. pleasure and. Um, people can go to my website as well because we've got links to everything there. So it's annwebster.com.au. Yeah, great. Awesome. Thank you very much and good luck. Thanks so much, Jade. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Vale Podcast. Subscribe at thevalepodcast.com.au.